I'm just going to pray and just let him do it, okay? Wow. Okay. Um, Ever again in Jesus' name. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to pray. Is that cool? Yeah. Yes. All right. Fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. Do that. Um, okay. If you're new, we, we corporately speak in tongues, okay? Um, if you have a problem with that, as far as in the book of Corinthians, for example, I can absolutely give you context for that. Um, but what I do right now, if you have a prayer language, I just ask you to lift it up. Um, and the reason for that, in a second, in a second, um, is because... Uh, we have interpretation here. If you noticed, I was up here, and when that African-sounding tongue or whatever showed up, I was like, okay, and I knew what I was praying. So then afterwards, I interpreted it. That's, you know, if, if, if when people are speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden you get all this amazing stuff to pray, you might be interpreting it, because that's about as simple as it gets. Okay. Okay, we spoke on interpretation. Okay, you're all, no, I'm kidding. Okay, so, um, yeah, uh, so, but I'm, I'm just saying that's, that's what we're doing. And so when I'm, when, when we're leading worship or, or when I'm, um, when I'm preaching and I ask everybody to speak in tongues, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm actually asking God, what do you want to say? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hunting for that clarity that shows up as I'm most likely interpreting a tongue. Okay, so that's just what we're doing. Okay, so on, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask if you have a prayer language just to use it. Okay, it's that easy. Just like you use English all the time, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? You don't have to be like in a special place or whatever. Okay. We're ready? Yeah. Okay, let's just, let's just lift it up. Loud, uh, loud, loud. It's hard to interpret something that's whispering across the room. Okay, yeah. I got it. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. I love you. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to jump in, okay? Because, you know, I now know what, which one to start with. Okay. Oh, okay. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you that um, you're never uh, motivated by need. You're always motivated by faith and motivated by your implanted word. And so, God, I just, I just thank you in advance uh, for how you uh, deconstruct the plans of the enemy, how you just make it moot. And how you just let, you make the enemy not even the point, hallelujah, um, and that you bring us back to who you are, and, and the, the greatest source of joy, and freedom, and peace, and belonging, and family, and, and, and surrender. <coughs> and so, um, God, I ask today, right now, at this very moment, uh, that you would separate bone from marrow, that you would begin slicing meat, yes. you begin be just cutting, just, yes. just uh, dividing the word of God, um, dividing your word for us today. In Jesus' name, may you cure us of whatever needs to be cured. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. Last Saturday. That was awesome, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So good. Okay. Um, if we get around to it, I want to transition into testimony from last Saturday. There's a lot of people that got whacked last Saturday in a, in a big way. It was really huge. And um, what, uh, what was happening last Saturday, I want to touch on this a little bit. 
Um, uh, God started showing up as bridegroom. It's a huge deal. Like, when he romances his betrothed, it's a whole different situation than when a father is sitting you on his lap or a king is making a decree. You see what I'm saying? Or when a priest is making intercession. You know what I mean? Or the counselor is giving you, like, a piece of information. Do you know what I mean? Man. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been, like, desperately in love? Okay, it's okay. No, just keep them up. Jesus. Keep them up. Just, just, put, just put your hand up if you've ever been desperately in love. It affected how your, your appetite. It affected all sorts of stuff, right? Okay. Um, I, like, wow. I, okay. You, you know what it's like to work for somebody. All right? I mean, if you've never had a job, well, it's probably coming your way. Um, uh, you're living in America. And so, um, uh, and if it's not, well, hallelujah. You know, if God brings you one out of like a million, it, okay, fantastic, you know. Uh, but when you work for somebody, um, one of the hardest things to do uh, when you have an employee is to get them to understand the vision of the business or whatever it is, you know. And you know what I'm saying. Like you go to a restaurant and your server will have no clue what they're doing. And what I don't mean like they don't know where the forks go, they're like, can I help you? <laughs> okay. And they're like, that, th that smile just dropped the second after they're talking to you. They're stressing out. And like, what the, what the restaurant would like is people that actually enjoy people to serve them. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that person needs to be like a computer engineer or pick peaches somewhere, but they're probably not in the right spot. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, okay, three of you think that? Fantastic. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Um, just letting you know, if you're new, yeah, I, like some amens or like whatever, you know, don't throw anything, but you know, like I'm in, I, I'm, you know, I grew up in Oak Park. Okay. Like, you know, if you, if you got some amen or something, if you don't know what that means, I just, I grew up in an all black neighborhood and you know, that whole thing. It just, just, just hook me up, you know? Okay. I just want to say that. It's okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if you're chill, okay, chill, but for crying out loud. Okay. Um, we're still alive, right? Okay. Good. All right. Now, um, what happens is, is, is. This, the, when you're hiring people, believe it or not, I'm going somewhere here. Believe it or not, I'm actually talking about him romancing us, but <laughs> you guys know what I do, okay? If you don't, this is what you get. So um, it's going to seem like a full-on, most random rabbit trail, and somehow it's going to show up into what we talked about. Just bear with me here. Um, uh, when you hire somebody, it's really hard to get them to do what you would do. It's really hard to get people to just grab the macro vision of the situation instead of getting caught up in the microcosms of everything. And the people usually, if they never had work experience and you get them to get a job, let's say they got a job at a, like a restaurant. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, okay, great. Fold these napkins. They fold the napkins, then stand around. You're like, okay. Well, we all do it. It's just funny. And then they're, they're like, and they're, you're like, okay, Dude, you need to go clean off those tables over there and get the dishes to the dishwasher. Okay. And they clean off the dish and they give it to the dishwasher and they stand there. Well, eventually they get fired. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to work. But, but because we don't get fired in the kingdom, it's not like Jesus is like loving us less or whatever. But this is what happens. When we are workers, when we're working for someone, we tend to do the one task and then stop. We're afraid to overstep our station because that's a real concern. If we're a worker, then we don't want to overstep our boss. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Okay. But when you're a lover, when you're a wife or a husband, when you're in love, what happens is you don't have to ask the person what they need. You're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly wanting to bless them. You're constantly wanting just to be with them. It doesn't even matter the reason you're with them. You just want to be with them. That'd be kind of weird if you needed a reason to spend time with a porn though you were desperately in love with. You might not be desperately in love, you know? And so, um, really, like, that, that overwhelming thing where you don't even want to eat food. Like, you don't even care. You're like, you're living on like an ounce of food three days later. Everybody's like, you doing okay? You're like, you're so stoked, you know? And they call you and you're like, you see their number and everything lights up and your adrenaline starts pumping, yeah. the endorphins start going up. You know, you know you're like... <laughs> Hey, you're like, okay, keep it cool, you know? Hey. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, like that thing, you know? And, and, uh, and so what happens is, is um, Jesus calls himself our bridegroom. Do you know how you're the body of Christ? You're actually one with Christ. He's the bridegroom, we're the bride. We're called the bride of Christ. The spirit and the bride say come. I mean, this whole thing, like, there's a huge chunk here. It's a, it's a big chunk of the kingdom, and it, it, it is... Well, it's, it's maddening in one sense because love sometimes will do that. And, and it makes you feel kind of like fuzzy and, and it gets you like all kind of clumsy and you start saying stuff that doesn't make sense because that's love. You know, at, at least that's being romanced. That's a better way to say it. That's being romanced. And so um, what I want to say is that God himself is doing that now. He's showing up in that in greater and greater ways. I'm having more and more people inside Kairos call me and be like, can I meet with you? I'm like, sure, what's about I'm having strange occurrences. Like, they're saying stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, Jesus loves me. I'm like, okay. Great. You know, that's a song. Um, other people know that too. And they're like, yeah, there's other things happening. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And, and so uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to necessarily just say names because I don't want, you know what I mean? What, it doesn't matter. But there's people here. And uh, they, um, I, met, I met with them. And they, uh, they're basically like, Jesus won't leave me alone. It's about the best way to put it. But not in like a, like a scary, like science fiction way, but more in like everything they're doing, they're more aware of how much they're loved than anything else. Like more than their breath coming out of their mouth, more than the lights around them, more about even their location, more about the problems in their life, more about any, than anything else, they know they're loved. And, and, and I'm, I'm talking like dogged. Like if you were, if someone behind you was like, I love you, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But it's the one that you're desperately in love with. Because that'd be annoying. But if they're, but if you're desperately in love with them, it just keeps coming. Like you're like, ah. Every time they say it, it's like, ah. And it just keeps doing things. It keeps shedding things. It keeps, it keeps softening hard places. It keeps like making us crazy in our areas of control. And it, it, it starts to unleash things that we don't even know what they are. And, and before you know it, all like things don't even make any sense. We, the, the fruit of the spirit just naturally shows up. You start being kind and, and gentle and, and peaceful. And, and all of a sudden like, like sure. Like, cause you know, you know what I'm saying? That, that, yeah. that romance, it doesn't even, it seems like it doesn't even work in daily life. And then the people that don't like it, the hard-hearted, the ones that actually have been like jaded or burned or whatever, welcome to earth, um, the ones that decided that in order to deal with whatever pain in their life, they would come outside of the fruit of the spirit to handle it. 
Because the fruit of the Spirit isn't anger and bitterness and control and hardness and mistrust and all those other things. It's not the fruit of the Spirit, in case you didn't know that. And so um, uh, it's peace, patience, kindness, forgiveness. There's all these beautiful things having to do with the fruit of the Spirit. And um, I'm saying that the fruit of the Spirit comes out in these crazy acts of devotion when you're being romanced by your bridegroom God. And this person, this isn't the only one, but this is an example. I got to like walk them through this a little bit. Because Jesus showed up for three years straight for me like this. And, and it was totally beautiful. And I, and I did an intern program at the Rock of Roseville when I was 27 and I'm 42. And I, I saw... Well, I saw things that even believers don't believe. And, um, uh, really, and um, uh, I, I lived with a girl with gold coming out of her skin for 14 months straight, and that was amazing. And um, were any of you around then? Raise your hand if you were at the Rock of Roseville and Sarah had gold coming out of her skin for 14 months. Am I the, literally the only one in this room that saw that? You just missed it. You just missed it. Okay, yeah, Dylan, Dylan was there, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But for sure, at least you guys were there. Um, okay, um, wow. Okay, wow. Well, anyway, there's this girl, and she was a close friend of mine. She got saved at the exact altar call I did. And um, there was only three of us at that altar call. And uh, she had gold coming out of her skin. And God, about a month before that, started meeting everybody in this way. It was amazing. Like, what was happening? These The girls in our intern year, they... God kept telling all of them in their dreams, like in all these different beautiful imagery dreams and even open visions about how they were his rose and how the fragrance of their affection was just making him swoon. And, and Song of Solomon became like the, the, the book of the year, you know, and, and they're just reading the song. You, there would always be some, like one of the intern girls, you'd, you'd pass by a park and she'd be under a tree crying, like reading the song of Solomon. And, 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 and they all like bought like rose applique and like they, they're like going to thrift stores and finding all the shirts with roses on them. And they had jeans with like roses down the side and roses everywhere. And, and, then, and then check this out. Then people that didn't even know this was happening all year would randomly have all these roses they didn't know what to do with, so they'd bring them to the intern house. And so these girls' houses, these girls' rooms were just lined with roses, just all around the, everywhere. And then, and then God started showing up in crazy miracles, where all of a sudden, like, for about a two-week period, those girls' specific room, it smelled like myrrh in there, night and day, like myrrh. Nobody brought myrrh oil in. It wasn't like that. It's not like you can find the thing that smelled like myrrh. It's in the room. And then very quickly it changed to frankincense. And all of a sudden it smelled like frankincense in the room. And it was like so intense. Um, when Sarah got the gold manifestation, it was totally intense. And they actually had to pull her away from daily life for three days. She didn't eat food, drink water, or sleep for three days. And she was in the side room of our directors of her intern program's house and the, in their study. And in the study, night and day, they can just hear music pumping and all this stuff. And every once in a while... The, 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 one of the directors would walk in and Sarah's like this like in the middle of the room and like a 30 mile an hour wind is like whipping through. there's no fans on and there's like wind whipping in this room and gold like flinging everywhere and like she's just like this <laughs> she'll like open the door and she goes <laughs> and just close the door and just start staring and laughing she's like this is happening in my house <laughs> and she's like walking around and, and God started started manifesting himself in all these different ways and all these different people and, and before long it was like, it was redundant. But you could literally walk up to just about anybody in that intern program and be all, hey, Jesus loves you. They'd be like, I know. 
<laughs> like it was just instantaneous. It was like because he's so there already. It's like it's like he's pushing you over the edge, and you're trying to keep it together. Like and you're. I worked at Caleb at the time, and we only had uh, five people on staff for the prayer ministry. And so I'm going in there, and I'm just wrecked. But it's okay because I'm just calling people to pray for them. And I'm just I'm just just it's just so amazing. And God is just even even when he does something else for somebody else, like. You guys, we get so caught up in, in, well, what happens if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Or what happens if I, if I want to prophesy over somebody and it's wrong? And when you're in love, you don't care. You just don't care because it, something else changes. And all of a sudden, you get so caught up in the fact that God loves them so much that he's even bringing you there in the first place. Yeah. Like, I remember being at, the, at, at, at Caleb and... It was a crazy job because all I'm doing all day long is literally I just had this big stack of everybody that's ever donated to Caleb. And I've got their name, the city and state they live in, and their phone number. That's all I get. And I'm like, okay. And then I go to the, the they're on these big papers, and we get led on like, like prophetically, like who to, you know, back then, um, like who to get to to pray. And, and I would actually call them on the phone. And, you know, like when you call people you don't know, sometimes they think you're selling stuff or whatever. But I get past all that, and, and finally I'm, I'm talking to them, and I'm from Caleb Radio, and, and all of a sudden their voice changes and everything. You know how it goes. It's like, who's this? So it's Caleb Radio. Oh, hey, brother. You know? Um, and, um, you know, it's, you know they, they flipped into church mode real fast and, and got it all handled. And, um, but here's the deal. Like, what happened is, is sometimes I'd call these people, and, um, and I worked for, my manager was cessationist, so she thought that any move of the Holy Spirit was satanic, so she thought that I had a demon. Um, which is fully awkward, but because um, I just don't care. And, I, and I'm calling these people on the phone, and sometimes as it's ringing, they're like, this person you're, you're going to talk to, they need to forgive their sister. And I'm like, okay. And so they get up, and I, I just start talking. I'm like, hi, um, this is Brian. I'm calling from Caleb Radio. I'm not selling anything or anything like that. I'm literally just calling because you donated to Caleb however long ago, and I just want to know if we could pray for you for anything. A lot of times they just start crying. Sometimes you find themselves, you find people that are literally about to kill themselves. You find people in all these situations, and you're being led. There's a stack this tall of papers, and I'm I'm led. I'm like, okay, that's the one. Like you can, you know, like that whole thing. Yeah. And you're calling all these people. Well, what happened is like I, I would actually get word of knowledge, and I would say, hey, I know this might sound crazy, but as I was dialing this number, I just really thought the Lord told me that you need to forgive your sister. Dude. <laughs> first, first of all, it's like nine out of ten times it just was not just true, but exactly what they needed because God loves them. Amen. Because he's just like this. He's betrothed to humanity. And he's just offering a ring to every one of us. That's the gospel. And 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 we just we're just we're all we're doing is just do you want to be engaged to Jesus? Do you want to be engaged? Do you want to be engaged to Jesus? And of course that has everything to do with him pardoning our sin because that's what lovers do. Okay, good. Okay. okay, I was like, okay, two people got it, and I kind of let it. Okay, okay. Now you guys like. So here we are, and I'm at Caleb Radio, and all this crazy stuff is happening. And then God tells me to get up and go talk to the pastor. Which, by the way, there was always an on-staff pastor at Caleb, and legally, in that, in working there, you could talk to a pastor for one hour every single shift for free. Like you'd get paid for it. So, I mean, then all of a sudden it's like, go talk to Pastor John. I'm like, okay, click out. Let's go do that. So I would, so I went out and went and talked to John Malili. He was this pastor at the time, and he, he pastored a church in Lincoln. And um, so I get up, and, and I would go and talk to him regularly. And, and every time I'd come in, he'd say the same thing. You've got great timing. <laughs> I'm like, 
you know. And so <laughs> there's someone else. And um, and so uh, sure enough, I remember one day and I walked in and and, and right when I walked in the door, he's like, close the door. I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, don't worry about it. I have my friend. He's a prayer warrior, and we're gonna just storm the gates right now. And hangs up. And I'm like. What are we talking about? I said, just start speaking in tongues. I'm like, okay. And so I'm in Caleb radio, like pacing. I have no idea what we're praying about. And we're like pacing the floor, and he's just like, you know, storming the gates of heaven, like, God, that you would rescue her, and that you would like bring, like, raise up her authority. And as he's praying, he's not giving me any details, you know, they're really general prayers, like I just said. And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, I start getting this information. And I'm like, oh crap, this has something to do with Satanism. Okay, there's danger involved right now. There's physical danger involved at this very moment. I'm getting this. Not from what he's praying. I just know. I'm like, okay, so he starts speaking in tongues. And I'm like, right now, I just come, I just come against any lie that there's anything more powerful than you. And that the satanic church and the deception they're in, you know, like their self-worship, like they would just have no power and no authority here because she would know who she is and the whole situation, you know, okay. Well, then he starts looking at me all funny. I'm like, man, I better be right. And then, you know, and then, and then I start speaking in tongues, and he starts praying, and his prayers get more specific now. I pray for, I forget her name. I forget, da 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 that man is in her house right now, and, and he's her old, like, say, like, you know what he used to be to her, and this whole thing, and God, she, I just pray that she knows she's forgiven for all the rituals that she's done, and da 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 I'm like, okay, I'm right. And we keep going, and, and we keep going back and forth. Well, finally, we're done. And he goes... Dude, can I call you when I need to pray over people? And I'm like, okay, but he called me. He called last time. Like, this time he called me in here. Like, he literally told me to come in and this whole thing. And, he, like, as that was happening, there's this, like, whole other thing happening where I can picture her rightful groom in the room with her, protecting her. In the spirit, there's, like, a legion of angels, and he's like, he's like, don't you dare. Now we find out what actually happened. This is literally what happened right before I got in the room. This girl calls up, and he's talked to her about twice before, and she was one of the, like, the, the Bride of Satan folks where, like, they, they have, it's going to be, this is, like, PG, like, this is, like, rated R immediately here. I'm just, just telling you. It says it's shameful to even talk about what the sinners do in secret, but it's still, this is just a reality, okay? Like, what we do is the other side of this, meaning we're walking in the light, and Satanism is all about anything, like, uh, yeah, opposite, thank you. Anything opposite of what we do. Um, the PR program or whatever that Satanists say is like, we're just all about self-betterment. And like, you know, like, I'm like, really? Then why do you do everything opposite? Like, it's just amazing. Okay, like upside down crosses and like they like the number 13 instead of 12. And the, you know, it's just, it's like so dumb. Anyway, wow. So here it is. Because they don't know Jesus. Uh, the thing itself is dumb, you know? Okay. Just want to make that clear. Okay, so here's the deal. All of a sudden, he starts telling me the story and this was the story. The main guy, she had had a child with this man in ritual and then killed it for sacrifice. This is like a big deal. This is like huge. And then God met her through like this like random like old, old, old couple like like in their like 80s. And like just met her on the street and like started talking to her. And the next thing she knows, she like, because, you know, they're, they're tapped into some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So she, she had like, she could see what's going on in the spirit, but didn't know what it was. All she knew is there was these two powerful beings and all of her like guides were running. <laughs> and so she couldn't hear anything spiritually and she couldn't, you know, all that stuff. 
And these this these this old couple, they're just they're just saved. They're just on fire Christians, and they lead her to Jesus, and and this whole thing. And so now she's saved, and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't even know where to go or where not to go or anything. All she knows is. Maybe this Christianity thing is right, but it can't possibly be American Christianity, which I thought as well when I got saved. <laughs> I was like, okay, Jesus, cool, but it cannot possibly be all of this. <laughs> you know, like I, I showed up to The Rock, God, you know, God bless The Rock, but this is not how they roll anyway now. But I came into the room when I got saved and it was all glow sticks and fog machines and it was like, welcome to The Rock. <laughs> and I'm like, this sucks. You know, like, <laughs> dang, you know, it's all, it's like extreme church. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. But um, so, but I remember I, when I, I used to hitchhike across the country, and I'm pretty deep in the rabbit hole as far as uh, as far as uh, 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 rabbit trails. But don't worry, I'm, I'm coming out. I'm gonna go deep in, and I'm gonna start working my way out. I, I used to hitchhike around the country for three and a half years. I had dreadlocks, the whole thing before I got saved and whatever. Okay, so so I did all, did all that and kind of got into all the new age and started just tasting a whole bunch of crazy darkness. But I knew this much: that the only time I knew I would never ever get picked up hitchhiking was when a church just got out on a Sunday morning. I knew that. But I was reading the same Bible they were. I was reading the New, the new Testament and the Old Testament, NIV, like new, new International Version. I was reading it every day. And all I wanted to do was live like that. And all I wanted to do was have what was in that. But I knew that if I got past a Buddhist temple, I'd get picked up like this. I knew that. I knew that if I got past like a Hindu area, I'd get picked up like this. And I'm reading about like how we don't live our lives unto death and all this crazy stuff and love your neighbor and the Samaritan and all this different stuff. And yet I would literally, and I wasn't like all like one of those dudes with this like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome with this like dog, you know, like all mangies. That wasn't me. I was wearing all Patagonia. Like I was like clean, you know, like I had my really nice backpack and everything. Like I made sure I had a budget for laundromats. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and I had my hat on so you couldn't even see my dreads. Like that whole thing it was real, real primped, you know. Possibly too much. And so, um, and I remember though, like, I like, it's these big churches, you know, like, or small or whatever, but I remember I'd, I'd get to a light and I would hear the, the, the lock mechanism. I'm standing there on the corner and the car pulls up. They got like the, the, the Christian stickers all over the car and stuff. And you hear, shashunk. I'm like, Really? Like, yeah, I wanted to do that. You know, be like, hey, I'm reading this too. Like, you know, and I need to get over there. Um, yeah, anyway, so, um, anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, I know, right? Okay, so, um, but Philip didn't do that willingly. I just want to say that. Um, but, but still, um, look, this is what I want to say, is um, I'm not trying to feed into bitterness. In fact, if any of you, as I was saying that, started replaying other things that you've been heard in the church, and yeah, well, that's because da 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 that's not the Lord. The Lord was not speaking to you in that moment. I want to make that very, very abundantly clear. That the Lord was not speaking to you and telling you that. The Lord is not angry at the church that hurt you. Yeah. Just like he's not angry for you being bitter and resentful and angry. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, trying to get Jesus on your side of bitterness is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a lost cause, okay? It really is. And usually when we can't, we start getting bitter at him. Because bitterness is a consuming, it's a root of poison. And it actually poisons the brethren, is actually what it says. It actually is a black hole for joy. It sucks it off. It actually makes joy seem trite, and it makes joy seem shallow. That's what bitterness does. It's its, jo it's, its job, and guess what your strength is? Joy. 
Yeah, bitterness is rough. And the only way out, the only way out, is to actually forgive. Yeah. That's it. That's the only way out of bitterness. And you know you're bitter whenever you have a, whenever whenever you are replaying the scene over and over in your head, you're feeding bitterness. I promise every time. Every time. If if you're not already in a in a situation where I just want clean relationship with everybody and it's not a logical like, well, I just I just do I just want this done. I just want clean relationship. Oh, like that's not how an alive heart talks. <laughs> just isn't and so um now i'm coming back out see 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 how i'm backing up here through all this i remember at caleb radio with that girl and john malili was telling me this that he had hung up right after this happened the guy the main dude the head honcho the ceo of whatever that dumb satanic cult thing was going on wherever she was she was like in like the bible belt area he was at the door, the door where? of her house, okay. and he was coming in the door, and he's calling Kayla. <laughs> Can I talk to Pastor John? <laughs> he's in my house. He's like, and so he gets word of knowledge. This is, this is amazing. This is not blueprint, you guys. This is just in the moment, okay? God told him to tell her this in the moment. This isn't, this isn't ground rules. You never want to... Precedent doesn't work in spiritual war warfare usually, unless you're just looking at what God did as precedent, okay? Not what you're supposed to do as ritual or whatever, okay? But this is what God told John to tell her. Take the Bible, and I want you to throw it on the ground in front of you and him, and ask him to step over it. <laughs> now, now, he better be right. You know what I mean? Like, this is next level. Um, okay, these are murderers. This isn't just like a dude that has a theological question. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not hoping to get into a debate about, like, the virgin birth, okay? He's not, you know, it's not free will versus predestination. He's, he's, he wants to kill this woman, okay? This is a huge deal. And John tells him not to call 911, not to flee out the back door, but to grab her Bible and throw it on the ground in front of him. And so she goes, okay, and what if... Then what happens? Well, he's not going to step over it. And then after that, pick it up and ask him if he wants to read something from it. I'm not kidding. This is literally what he tells her to do. And yes. then and then she's like, okay, well, well, then what? She's all, you'll know after that. And she goes, okay. And then, he's, and then that's right when I walked in the door. And don't worry, I got my friend here. He's an intercessor. And then hangs up on her. And that's when I was in the room. But you guys, this is when Jesus himself was telling me every day, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I won't steer you wrong. Like, just be with me. I'm the center of your joy. I'm the center of your life, the center of your love, the center of everything you need. Right? And so, so this is what happens. All of a sudden, he, I'm in this room, and then he starts telling me this story. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, everything's going to be totally fine. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, great. And I'm like, do you need anything else? I'll know. I went back. Next day, of course, I'm in his office. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> she called him like 30 minutes later. She's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> because she's been under bondage. She was like a little girl into this whole cult thing. And he's been like the dude. Like everybody fears him. Like the police fear this guy. And sure enough, she's like, I can't believe it. I did exactly what you said. I threw the Bible down. And he goes, what's happening? And she's all, step over it. He's all, No. <laughs> and then he backed up to the door like through the back back off of the out of the, the doorway onto the porch and she goes 
wait, hold on. <laughs> and she opens it up, she's like, we should read some. And he said, he said, I'm not reading that. And, and then this is what she said. They're just words on a page. And he looked at her and says, no, they're not. Huh. Oh. Yeah. 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 So then she walks him all the way out to the sidewalk and says, you can never come back here. And he turned around and ran. <laughs> now, look, you guys, like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, okay? Like, there's nothing that makes sense there. And I've been in situations kind of like this, where you kind of hear about this stuff, but this isn't the daily. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a situation, and God's telling you to say and do certain things, and you do them, and all of a sudden, you have a story that half the believers don't believe. <laughs> like that. I've been in a couple. I've been in those situations where you're like, you're in the middle of it, and it's surreal. You're like, dude, I've straight up read about stuff like this. Like, I was cheering when I heard the story. I'm in the middle of it. Like, I'm the guy right now doing this. And the whole time, here's Jesus. The whole time. Oh, yeah, by the way, the girl, she found a church. Totally amazed. She moved out of the town. I think they even, like, got her, like, protective, like, name change stuff or whatever. But she, her first church she went to, he's like, just find a church. It's got a cross on it. You're good. Oh, my God. Three weeks later, he's like, but, but, but call me and let me know, you know. So she calls back. So I found a church. She's like, cool, tell me about it. She's like, well, they pull out snakes. And, like, and he's like, get out of that church. She's like, I have a cross on it, you know. Anyway, um, there, there's a denomination called Snake Handlers, and they look at that, the, the, the Great Commission, when it says you'll pick up serpents and not, and not die, which means you'll be dead. And so they take up live rattlesnakes and hold them up and stuff. And if you get bit, you didn't have enough faith. It's just oh rough. God. I know. Come on, you guys. I mean, this is this is this is what law does eventually. It gets that crazy. Okay, so all right. Out of context. Yeah, thoroughly out of context. So, but law loves things out of context. That's what law does. And so, um, yeah. In fact, you can quote me on that. Law loves to take anything of God and bring it out of context. I'll say that right now. Okay, it's good. Okay, uh, you can quote Ruth on that actually. And so, um, yeah, yeah, Ruth Utica. Law will always take anything from God out of context. Okay, easy. All right, now, here's what happened. Through that whole situation, I'm at Caleb Radio. I'm like, I'm driving around my wannabe Vespa, like all over Roseville. It's like top speed of 28 miles an hour, so I have to be in the bike lane. I mean, it, you know. And what God had done is he did this. He's like, there are things that are hindering you from receiving me. And so I was like, whatever that is, I want it out of my life. And he goes, you care too much about how you dress. And I was like, okay. Now, I was a skateboarder. I wasn't like Versace or something. I wasn't like Italian suits. I was like, I was on the other end, okay? I got saved with a yarmulke on, okay? Like, I, I had like, I would always have like work pants on and poofy skate shoes and like tight, tight t-shirts. And I was all really picky. You know, I wore like derbies and like Pendletons, you know, and that whole thing. If you don't know what that is, great. And so, um, yeah, you don't need to know. Okay, it just really anal about how you dress. And so, um, and I remember when I got when I got saved, Jesus was saying. Jesus said this to me. Jesus said this to me. He said, um, "I, I want you." To, now, this is sounds like law, but he didn't say forever. He just said for a season. And sometimes God will ask you to do something that looks like law for a season. It's, but he'll always tell you. He'll always give you a feeling of why. Not like, well, this is the only thing I can do. That's probably not the Lord, okay? He'll say things like this. I want more of you because I love you. He'll say things like that. That's how you know it's him. 
He's never accusing, he's never desperate, and he's never in an emergency mode. It's good to know. It's good to know. Did you know that? Okay. I could show you scripture to prove it. Okay. Now, here's the deal, just if you need it. Okay. Um, now, look. What happened was, is he said this to me. I only want you to buy clothing in the, in the clearance rack of Ross or Marshalls. Okay. And they can only be business casual. <laughs> Discount Ross business casual. <laughs> and then he's like, I want you to get shoes that you can walk miles in and you can't get any identity from. So I went my whole life from literally like six years old. I, mean, I started skateboarding when I was four, literally. My grandpa put me on a skateboard when I was four. I don't remember not riding a skateboard. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, and I was very unhealthfully idolization worshipping skateboarding. Might sound totally crazy, but that just what was what was going on. Now, here's the deal. I am in Davis one day, and I don't even know what I was doing in Davis. And I was in Davis, and all of a sudden, he's like, "I want you to buy a pair of shoes in there." I go in there. It's this comfort shoes place. You know, comfort shoes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're comfort shoes. Okay. And to be honest with you, comfort shoes now are way cooler than they were yeah. 15 years ago. They're still not that cool, but they're way cooler than they were 15 years ago. Everybody, they're like, when I walked up into the intern program the next day, they're like, grandpa shoes? Like, that's exactly what they were saying. You're wearing grandpa shoes. I was like, I know, I know. I've got my, like, slacks that are, like, pleated that are not really fitting too well because they're clearance from Ross. And I've got my, oh, and then he told me, I only want you to get a haircut in one place. I'm like, where is it? He's like, I'll show you. Okay. I'm driving around. I'm, like, off a winding way, and there's this, like, Korean dude. It's like, haircuts, $7. I'm like, great. I go in there. He only does one haircut. I'm serious. He does one haircut. That's it. And no matter who you are, you're going to get that haircut. And that's what I got. I got that like Korean military thing. I'm not kidding. So I had the Korean military thing, the comfort shoes, the the the, the polo shirts that is like the, the irregular, you know, because it's the clearance rack of Marshalls. And like, and I'm wearing like all that stuff. And like somebody gave me this like gold chain with like a Star of David and a cross in it. And I'm like totally clean shaven because he asked me to do it. And I've got this like military haircut and a planner in my hand and a Bible in the other, just trying to love on people. And everybody thought I was nuts. Like, everyone that used to know me, they're like, what happened to Brian? Like, he was like a musician, he had his dreadlocks, and all of a sudden he comes back five months later into downtown looking like that. You guys, and he's crying all the time. Jesus loves you guys, you don't even know. And they're like, Brian lost his mind. Like, Brian seriously lost his mind. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, I'm not even being funny. I know it's funny, but it's true. And so, um... You guys, this is what, and so I'm, dude, and I can tell you so much more. I remember right when I got saved, I'm like, downtown Sacramento, do any of you know Midtown at all? Midtown Sacramento? Yeah. Okay. You know the Del Taco? It's on, um, it's, it's right across from Safeway on Alhambra and K Street, K Street yeah. runs into, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm in the parking lot of Del Taco, and I'm with my friend. See, right when I got saved, I told God this, this, don't do this. I said, if you save these seven people, I'll do everything you ask for the rest of my life. Like, what am I going to do, not do that? Like, what, what are we talking about here? You know, so, whatever. Well, in a very short amount of time, three of those people were saved. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I started getting a little, like, twitchy. But, uh, but finally, he's like, dude, just, I'll, I release you from that. Why don't you just do everything I, I asked you to do now? So it was a freeing moment. But uh, one of those girls on my list, I had known her in the past, just 
really helped make her life a living hell. I don't want to get into it. But she's there, and, and, I'm, and I'm just trying to tell her about Jesus. Like, I, I led my, my best friend of the Lord the next day after I got saved. And then I led my living girlfriend two weeks later to the Lord. And then I'm like, well, this is just check, like a checklist. It was like, I thought it was going to be that easy. I literally thought the only reason people weren't saved is they hadn't heard the gospel. Because I hadn't heard it until I was 27 because I lived in Midtown. Yeah. Okay. If you think God's asking you to move to Midtown, ask why. Because it might not be him. It might be. But if you're all already addicted to that culture and you already kind of like lower your standards a little bit when you hang out with your like, you know, like pigeon-toed, like creaky voice friends when they sing kind of thing, you know, like it might not be the Lord. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just saying it might not be him, okay? Um, it might be that you just really want to live with the cool kids and be a Christian. I'm just saying. It, it might not be true, but it might be. You know, just, just don't be so such in a hurry. You know what I mean? I just want to say that. Okay. Anyway, so, but it is changing. Bayside uh, Midtown is doubling every six months. They're doing great down there. Like, people are getting saved in Midtown. You know, it's the largest city in the United States that's never had a revival? Wow. That's huge. It has a 93% divorce rate. Wow. That means there's a principality yeah. <laughs> over that area, okay? Like, there's a, that's a deal. To just, just, just casually walk in because you like how people dress. I'm like, I want to live here. Like, well, hold on a second. You know, like, just slow down and just know what you're doing, okay? Like, you know, that whole thing, okay? All right. I'm not trying to say live in fear. I'm just saying be smart and sober-minded is what I'm saying, okay? Just like I got my identity from how I dressed and God just said, I want more of you. Maybe he's saying that to every one of us. I want more. Not like, and I'm going to be mad if I don't get it. No, no, no. He's in love. Right? The, 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 the Song of Solomon actually says that when one look of your eye, you ravish his heart. With one look, one glance to him, and you ravish his heart. That's amazing. The word ravish actually is likened unto brutally murdering. I'm serious. Like a lion ravishes a... A, a deer when it kills it. And he says, when you even look at me, that's what you do to my heart. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay? He, he, he's, so, he's so enamored by us that he actually took all of that desire for us and put it into a virgin womb. And that's Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a whole thing there. He's our bridegroom. He is the very embodiment of God's desire for us. That's who he is. And so, <laughs> what happened <laughs> is all of a sudden, here I am. I'm walking in that reality, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm just walking, and I'm trying to tell, tell this girl, like, he loves you. Like, it's not even about Christianity. He just... He just loves you. And she's just like, look, it can't just be about Jesus. Like, it has to be about all this stuff. And she starts telling me basically new age doctrine that I had taught her. I'm arguing with my old self through a person. And then I had the audacity to say, I taught you that. <laughs> well, that, that doesn't really work. You know, like, so, you know, say that. Say, you know, that good. Okay, but I told her that. And she's like getting all defensive and stuff. And she's all getting mad. But at the same time, she's like, but I really want to be your friend. That's what the world is. The world's all about... Let me just be your friend and bide time so I can slowly erode away this Christianity thing. 
Yeah, that whole thing. You know that coexist sticker? They really want to remove the T, but you, but you got to spell coexist, you know? But if they can remove that cross out of that thing, then their coexist agenda would be perfect. You know what I mean? They're like, all religions are the same, except Christianity. And, um, and we just have to just like, just love. It's not about hate. I hate Christians. And like, yeah. it just, it's just this, this big, beautiful thing. If we could just get rid of that freaking T. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Because, because they don't have an alive heart. You have a dead heart. If you're, if you're still at war with God, then you have a dead heart, which means you're always having to fill it with something. That's how it works. But once you have an alive heart, you've heard me say this the last couple of weeks, when you have an alive heart and like you've been awakened by Christ and then you go to go back into sin, it doesn't work because you can't shut off something that God has resurrected. You, you, it's just alive. It, it's, just, it's beating and it, can't, it can never be put to death ever again. You will always be alive for the rest of eternity and there's nothing you can do about it. And so you try to sin. That's why the people that go back to sin from the church usually go straight hard and fast because they're trying to turn this off and they can't. It's amazing. Okay, now... Yeah, wow, exactly. Okay, he's like, dude, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, now here's the deal. I'm, I'm in the parking lot of Del Taco, and I look over, and I've only been saved for like maybe three weeks. And I look over, and I see a demon on this dude. It's on his shoulders, and he's got his hands inside this dude's head. And I know what it is, too. It's a spirit of drunkenness. I know it. It's alcoholism. It's a demon of alcoholism. And I see it, and I know what it is, which is crazy because it doesn't have words on it. But I knew what it was. Because God's telling me this stuff. Because he loves me. And guess what? He loves this guy. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness. And I walk up to this dude, and I'm like, I, I told the girl. I almost said her name. But I told the girl. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go do something crazy. Look, just hold on. She's like, okay. So she stands over by the car. This is like at Del Taco, like on K Street in Alhambra at night. And I walk up to the dude, and there's these two guys. And the one guy has that thing on him, and the other guy has things around him, is about the best way I can put it. But they're, like, really intense. But I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. All I was focusing on is the one that was highlighted. And I went right up to the dude, and I was like, Hey, man, you have a demon of alcoholism on you, and I'm wondering, could I pray for you, and then you can get free? Do you want me to do that? And his friend was like, don't listen to him, man. Don't listen to him. And the dude's backing up away from us. And he starts circumventing us about 10 feet around us but won't come into the perimeter. Don't do it, man! Don't do it! Don't listen to him! Don't do that! Just come with me! Don't do that! Don't listen to him! And the whole time I'm in the middle, like, and I'm just with him and I'm holding his face and he's like, I want that. And I'm like, okay, good. And I was like, and I was like, Shonda! I was like, I was doing the thing, like, because that's all I knew. You know, it's like you put your foot back and you get him, you know? That's all I saw. That's all I knew. You know, it was that like thing, you know? And I was like, in Jesus' name, you know, like Well the dude goes bunk and like he straightens up and goes back. Well somehow I get behind him and catch him. And I'm not a big guy. I weigh fifteen pounds more now than I did then. Okay. And somehow I catch this guy and I lower him to the ground so he doesn't hit his head. And then I'm over him. I'm standing over him. And this dude will not get close. He's Hey, leave him alone! Leave him alone, but he won't get close. Like it's a spiritual thing, you know? And I'm in the middle of it, and I don't even care. Like, I'm not thinking... We're in the middle of a parking lot where the drive through is and stuff. I'm not even thinking about all that. And I'm just standing over the guy. And, he, and all of a sudden, like, he wakes up. He opens his eyes. And he's completely sober. Thank you, Jesus. And he's like... He looked totally great, too. He's like, where am I? <laughs> and, of course, me, I'm like... You're in downtown Sacramento. You had a demon of alcoholism. And I'm just like telling, I'm like just yelling at him, you know. Because I didn't know any better. I didn't know what to do. And the guy gets up 
And I'm just like swooning in love with Jesus. This is, this is my life and I'm doing the most ridiculous things everywhere. But, there, but God is honoring it because I'm in love. He's honoring it because I'm in love. Not because I did it right. You know what I'm saying? You guys, this is what he's doing in this season with all of you and me. He just is, okay? Whether you're ready for it or not, he's coming. Okay, he just is. He's showing up like this. It doesn't mean only this. Don't let law get in there. But he's showing up like this, okay? He's also king and, and father and, and, and prince of peace and, and, and a priest and, and, our, and, 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 our, and our, the firstborn among many brethren. Like, he's also our brother. There's a whole bunch of other things. And don't get it all cut up, men. Like, yeah, you're the bride. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's all right. Collectively here. It's a mystical thing. And, and like, I just, so I, I want to say a few things here, and I'm going to move on, okay? Oh. We are so loved. Like, you can never overstate it. You can never, you can never, ever let this fall into the cliche category. Yeah. You are loved. Yeah. For all of you married ones, can you imagine if one day you decided because you had heard your spouse say I love you so much you just put it into the cliche category? Yes. Can you imagine that? Not for too long because we don't need to do that. <laughs> I just want to say that I've been, I've been speaking on this for 15 years. This specific thing. And I've, I've watched God take me way over here to where he's king way over here to where he's father, which is really good for me. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, Jesus is showing up, and he's king, and he's pissed, not at you, and he's, because he's jealous for you, and uh, this is the yeah. book of Revelation here, and he's pissed, he is, he's pissed off, he's not pissed off at you, but he's pissed. He's coming in like a freaking, like a fire. He's coming in with all of his angels, and he's really mad because he's jealous for his love. You see what I'm saying? He's coming in like about to wreck shop because of you, because he loves you. Like, it says that the, the, the blood pressed from his enemies goes out miles as tall as the horse's bridle. Which is here. Okay. True. okay, you know the tsunami videos? Mm -hmm. Blood. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm saying that's that's exactly what the Bible's saying. Yeah. It's really intense because he's pissed. Now, what's interesting is when we don't know how to marry those two, we try to only pick one or the other. Yeah. Well, as a human, you can't be both. So let's just say he's never mad. No, 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 no. He's... He's beyond mad, okay? He's, 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 he's full of fury and wrath. But, but not for all of his betrothed. He's not coming to, to condemn you or judge you or, 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 or in any way, shape, or form have you recall any of your sin. That's not how this is working. That's not how this is working at all. And this has nothing to do with you telling anybody other not saved or saved. Just slow down, okay? Um, obviously, God knows what he's doing. The best thing we can do is to revel in who he is and share the perfect gift. That's it. Revel in who he is. Share the perfect gift. And so, when you're desperately in love 
you, when you're desperately in love, you want everyone to know it. At least you, I mean, you might want to protect, you, some of us, you're protective or whatever. Well, I don't want anybody to, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a pure heart, and I'm talking about a heart that knows it's protected, so it doesn't have to protect itself. Yes. I'm talking about yes. a pure heart in love here, okay? You want everyone to know your love. And the, the more pure and the more beautiful and the more potent and the more life-changing it is, the more you want people to taste it. Yeah. Period. And that's just when you're in love with a person. How much more God who is available to everyone this exact same thing. This is huge. This is the heart of evangelism. Instead of, well, you got saved, go get five more. What? How about, why don't, you're just so much in love you just want everyone to know your lover. That's it. And all of a sudden, sure, you're nervous to talk to people, and you don't care. You don't even care. You're in Safeway. You're like buying potato salad or something. I mean, if you like that thing. And, and you're like, potato salad. Okay, and so you're buying some potato salad or a mimosa or whatever they sell over there. And you're like, and you look over, and you, all of a sudden, it's just this whole other situation. You're overcome with his emotions for something outside of you. Sometimes a person, sometimes a country, sometimes a situation, but you're overcome with his emotions for it. One of the most dangerous and most mystical and crazy experiences you can have is when you start asking God to give you his emotions for things or people. <laughs> That's intense, man. Yes. Okay, really. Okay. Um, I know. I know it's intense. I did that for a year. And so um, it's very intense. And so... What happens is all of a sudden you, your heart starts breaking for people and they don't even know why because yeah. they're trying to minimize their pain and trying to harden to it and move past it, but they're not moving past it because they're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden your heart is so soft. Yeah. Yep. Charles Finney. Anybody know who Charles Finney was? Charles Finney. Charles, raise your hand. I just want to know. I just want to know. Charles Finney. Charles Finney. Okay, so this side of the room and you too. Great. Okay. Charles Finney. Charles Finney was an evangelist. Really legalistic in a lot of ways. He was a lawyer, literally. But um, uh, <laughs> he studied law. Okay, um, but uh, <laughs> as legalistic wow. as it gets. Um, but here it is. Uh, Charles Finney, um, he led 10% of the United States to Jesus. That's, that's a bold statement. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you get 11 people and Charles Finney led one of them to Jesus. That's huge, okay? Wow. Now... Here's Charles, this is in the 1800s, like early to mid-1800s. So here's Charles Finney, and Charles Finney was known as the guy that could convict, okay? This is just what it was. In fact, that whole tent revival thing was started with Charles, Ministries, Charles Finney's ministry. I mean, everybody else was not really grabbing the heart behind the whole thing. They just get a tent and call it a revival, <laughs> literally. Like Credence Clearwater Revival, that band, was named after a revival taking place in a town called Credence Clearwater. So, um, really, yeah, um, okay, here's Charles Finney, consumed with the love of God, such a soft-hearted man, and so harsh when he was talking about sin, and so soft and gentle when he was talking about grace, and here he is, he walks into a town, and obviously he was a well-known man, and a prostitute walks up to him, and says in his ear something. And he stops, and he just looks at her, and he starts crying. He doesn't say a word. He just starts crying. He feels God's emotions for her, and he just starts crying. He doesn't say a single word. And he just keeps crying, and she's just standing there, and she doesn't know what to do. And This whole situation is happening. 
and pretty soon she drops to her knees and gives her life to Jesus. Because that's what happens when your war against God is exposed and you see a way out. Every single person that doesn't have the blood of Christ, the, most, the thing they would give everything for is a way out of their war with God. The kingdom of God is like a field that had a pearl in it. And, and they, someone found the pearl and they wanted it so bad that they, they sold everything they had just to get it. That's salvation. This is what happens. And so... What happens is, is when God is going to, do, he's going to do this. He's doing it right now. When God shows up like this, the works of God, you're no longer an employee. Yeah. The works of God become your, your, your benefaction. They become what you hand to the lover of your soul as, as a sweet smelling, smelling fragrance. You feel his when you feel his emotions for these things. You you can't. You're compelled. You can't even afford not to do whatever he wants because because he's so wonderful. That's what he's doing in this church. That's what he's doing. He's showing up. He's doing it. He's already doing it to some people that have met with me because they're totally weirded out. <laughs> And I'm just, and all I did was I just let them know. And as I'm talking to them in my living room, one at a time, not, there wasn't like a group, the encountered ones. No, um, here I am, just one at a time though. And and I, as I talk, I start talking like this. I start looking up. I start turning into a poet. You know, it's like this thing that happens. <laughs> and I just try to let them know, like it's normal. It's normal. It's so normal. It's so rare, but so normal. Please, anything he asks, just run into it. Just, just. Chase him. Just every time. You guys, you're called the call of God. You know what the difference between a command and a call is? Is a call, it, it has to do with you coming to the caller. The call of God on your life. Ooh. What is an invitation in the other words of order? Yeah. A call usually happens from far away. And it's an invitation for closeness. The call of God on your life has little to do with the program you make and the number of people you reach and how effective you were. I mean, God bless Zach. He wasn't like outside of the will of God when he was talking about being effective last week, okay? Really, he, he, he Babe Ruthed that message last week, okay? Really, if you didn't hear it, please get it, okay? Really, he did a good job, Okay. I'm not talking about that kind of effectiveness. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know the counterfeit weight and balances. Yeah. Like God does not like a, like a, a, what do you say, like a, something about the weights and balances. He doesn't like it when they're messed with, basically. Mm -hmm. Let's paraphrase. Mm -hmm. Dishonest weights. The dishonest weights. A dishonest weight and measure is when you're told that your call <clears throat> is successful or not based on results that can be measured on a piece of paper. It has nothing to do with that because it's a call. It's not an enlistment. Do you understand? You weren't hired. None of you were hired. If you think you are great, you're fired. Okay? Okay? Just consider yourself unemployed in the kingdom. 
because your your bridegroom owns all of the money that ever was, is, and will be. Yes. Okay? You're unemployed. You're a trust fund bride. Okay? He wants to bless what pleases him. He loves to bless the things that are pleasing him, which makes sense. Don't you want to bless the things that please you? Yeah. Great. Faith. Faith pleases him. That means you're going to find yourselves in situations. I'm telling you, this is dangerous territory. It's dangerous territory because you're about to be pulled into a life where you don't know where you're going to step next. But you're with him and he's doing the walking. You see what I'm saying? How does Zach have a job? I just went with him yesterday. We went to, the, we went to North Bay. We gave cookies to a school and ate croissants and drank coffee. That's what we did yesterday. That was his job. <laughs> because his job is just to secure relationships between his company and the clients. That's it. And Otis Elevator has more money than Apple. That isn't a joke. <laughs> just people don't know about it. But, I mean, Otis Elevator is in every city in every country in the world. They're in Tehran, Iran. They're in Cuba. Because elevators have to go up and down. <laughs> okay? It's, it's recession-proof. A nuclear bomb could explode in New York. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'm just saying. You know, some, some dystopian future movie or whatever. It doesn't matter. They still have to fix elevators in San Diego. It's just going to happen. Okay, so here's Zach. And Zach was told. And Stephanie, God bless you. You and Zach, your faith in this whole journey has been so amazing. Zach will just, God will just tell him because God loves us so much. He's so for Zach and Stephanie, it's crazy. Dude, I mean, I'll just start waxing poetic here, but God will just tell Zach, hey, Zach, um, I'm about to pull you out of this job. I'm going to get you another one. It's going to be double or, or, or triple or whatever he tells him, money. And there's nothing you can do to stop it, and there's nothing you can do to make it happen any soon. <laughs> and then Zach will stand up here and be like, okay, you guys, God just told me. Da, 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 da. And everybody's like, that's great. And then all of a sudden he like loses his job or like something else happens or he just quits in faith. Yeah. That's usually what happens. He quits in faith. He doesn't get fired. Zach doesn't get fired. But he, he, gets, he quits in faith. And all of a sudden, that word, that implanted word, he's just holding onto it because he knows how much God loves him. He just knows. And so he won't let it go. And every once in a while, you know, I mean, he's still human. He'll call me or Mitchell or Bo or something during those, those phases, and he'll be like, all right, dude, just remind me. Remind me. Tell me what's happening in my life right now. And we'll be like, God spoke, dude. Like, we all hear it. We all know. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's like got this crazy high-paying job, literally just hanging out with people. He has like a $350 food budget a day in San Francisco. He just Ubers everywhere and like goes to places and like, here's a paper. You guys, he's at the Warriors game right now, paid for by his company. <laughs> he's there right now. Kyrie Irving's probably doing something all crazy and Zach's there experiencing it. Literally like from me to the, to the refrigerator from the court. He's at row 15. Just letting you know there's six rows on the floor. And then it goes, okay, so he's right there. He's like 10 rows back. It's crazy. Anyway. This is, this is what the life looks like. You won't know where you're stepping, but Jesus does. Stay with his conversation. 
You guys know what I'm talking about. You start yes. tripping out about your life, and the next thing you're saying is, I don't hear the Lord. <laughs> because he's not talking about what you're trying to talk about. You're like, I don't know, where's my money going to come from? I'm not talking about that, sweetheart. Because you already know where your money's coming from. I already told you that. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm just freaking out here. My money, my money is just not heavy. He's like, I totally have you. You're, you're fine. You, you live in America. Like, I put you in America. It's not like you like... That's the point. No, no, but it is kind of the point. because no, but I know. Just I'm getting there. Just hold on. Hold on. I love your zeal. Yeah. You're just about three steps out. So, um, like, he's like, dude, I put you in America. You're not in Sarajevo. You're not, like, in Libya. You know? I mean, God bless those people there, and God's totally still, like, got these crazy things happening over there. Literally, Christians, they're, they're, they're marching down the street. With like a sign. And then just like, you know the movie Emperor's New Groove? Kronk, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's just against the wall. He would just walk by like, what? This is happening in really like, really intense uh, areas where Christians are being persecuted. They'll be walking down the street in their like church clothes, like knowing they're believers or whatever, like that whole thing. And like, this has happened. And they're walking down the street, and, and all of a sudden turns the corner all these vans that kill Christians. And they got their guns out looking for Christians to shoot, and they just go, and the van goes by. Wow. And they're like, what? Like, they're all ready to get shot, and they don't get shot. And the, the people are like this. They're all looking for, like, right where they are. Like, and they're just invisible. Because God knows what he's doing. He loves to do that stuff. But he put us into the most affluent country in the world. He put us in the area in that country that's one of the most affluent areas. What does that mean? Money. Oh. Resources. But you guys, the only way you starve to death in Placer County is if you have pride issues. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That's the only way it can happen. Okay? It's the only way. Really. Okay? You are not going to starve to death. And so what I'm getting with all this is, I mean, I'm not trying to get all practical. Okay? Stop thinking about food. What I'm saying is this. Here Jesus is, and he's like just, he's got all of us in the palm of his hand. And what he's talking about is how much he's for you. You know the commonality I see in the people that have supernatural crazy favor on their lives that people would write books about? They're always telling God who he is and what he's already said. That's the commonality. That is the commonality. Seriously. When things just come down the pipeline, I'm like, well, God, you already told me what you're going to do. Yeah. So I'm not jumping out of the boat. I know you have something. And I get people around me tripping for me. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Shut up, dude. Seriously. <laughs> Just, you're not helping. Okay? Like... <laughs> What you're really saying in the spirit is like, please, just turn on your flesh. Just turn on your flesh and then everything will work. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm sorry that you would probably do that in this situation, but I cannot afford to do that in this situation because I, because God is showering right now his romance on me. He's romancing me. He's literally with me on a date called life. <laughs> right? Life. Right? Yes. And guess what? It's eternal. <laughs> that means it never ends. Yeah. Okay. It Woo. gets better and better. Yeah. That's what he said, right? No, eternal. 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 <laughs> what do you think I said? It's a turtle. A turtle? It's a turtle. <laughs> this whole thing, it's a turtle. <laughs> it's eternal. He's on a day with me called life, and it's never going to end. 
How many of you know that eternal life doesn't start when you breathe your last? Amen. Yeah. Or else death would be your salvation, not Jesus. Death, the final enemy. Look, you are living eternal life right now. Is that good? Is that good? Fantastic. Right now, you're living eternal life right now. You have access to everything that God handed Jesus, according to Jesus. Right now. Isn't that amazing? And he's your, he's your counterpart. He's your bridegroom. Okay? The consummation will happen when he shows up. You know the whole trumpet thing? I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to get into it right now, but we'll hit that at the Passover. Okay, so, um, man, it's already, like, winter. This is crazy town. Okay, so um, I guess I should start talking about it now. This year's Passover, we're, it's going to end in a dance party, okay? Yes. It just is. You guys, I'm just going to have to just cut this. So, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I mean, it's 7.15, okay? So um, I'm going to, I have a little bit more, and then I'm going to, and we're going to do communion. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, here's the deal. Um, I'm gonna try that one more time. We're gonna do communion. Woo! Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Raise your hand if you've been healed taking communion at Kairos. Hi. 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 Okay. Okay. This entire front row. Fantastic. Okay. Right over there. Fantastic. Okay. So um, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Man, dude, we're missing so many people right now. It's crazy. Okay. Um. I mean, there's good reasons for it, but literally, I'm talking like 14 people are, out of, are not in this room right now. Um, I know some of them are in kids, but, but I'm not even talking about them. What's up, buddy? Okay, so I want to tell you, um, I have to tell you the story. I was going to tell you it earlier. I'm going to tell you right now. I think Zach told the story. I don't care. I'm going to tell it again. So little Isaac, okay? Little Isaac. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when Isaac was born, he was laughing. And that's what his name is. His name means that. But he was laughing when he was born. That was crazy. And like, it was a, uh, Stephanie gave birth in Hong Kong. And he had these two girls, and one over here is like, one, two, three, push! One, two, three, push! And the other girl, not kidding, not joke, not exaggeration, do your best! Try harder! Do it! Do it! Do your best! Do it now! Do your best! This literally was happening in front of like Stephanie. She's like, can I just have this kid and you shut up? So, um, yeah. Anyway. So, so it makes sense why Isaac was born laughing, right? I mean, that's just like, okay. Yeah, that's a little joke. Okay, so here's the deal. So, you guys, this is only a couple weeks ago. This is only a couple weeks ago. Isaac is in the back seat. This is, this is how faithful God is. Isaac's in the back seat of, their, of their, their vehicle here, and he starts laughing. Mitchell, you were there, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he starts laughing. But not just laughing, but blushing and, like, hiding his face. But nobody's talking about it. I mean, they're... And finally... Zach goes, what are, you, what are you laughing about there, buddy? And he goes, Jesus is talking to me. Yeah. And like, he's like laughing. And he's like, he, he, there's no way he has this language. He doesn't have language for this kind of stuff. And then Zach goes, what is he saying? <laughs> and Zach's, and, and then Isaac all laughing. And he's all blushing. And then he starts hysterically laughing. He's like, he's going to bless you, you and mommy so much. And he starts laughing. <laughs> He's going to bless you and mommy so much. And he's just laughing. Jesus is talking to me. Jesus is talking to Isaac to tell his, just to let him know, like, I'm going to bless your parents so much. The faithfulness of God. Like, what? Like, so many dynamics, you could never exhaust them all. And that's here. Talk about heaven where there's no time. I mean, you know, space gets all weird. I mean, 
Who knows what we're going to experience? But I can tell you this. The romance of ages is never going to end. It's only going to increase and increase and increase. Just falling more and more in love every day. That's the point. That's the point. How, how, did, how could you even insert bitterness into that? How could you even get it in there? I mean, we're tricky. We, we can't. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but when you're in that spot, you would actually have to remove yourself from that spot in order to start walking in anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, protection, all those things. That's why this is the way out. It's the way out. This is how he heals, at least one of the ways. He loves to do it. You're so in love. You're being so romanced. He's telling you stuff, and you're, you're so in love that all you want to do is give more of yourself to him. That's all you want to do. Take it all. Take it all. More. Jesus, can you show me something else I can give you, please? That's what it turns into. Mm -hmm. Can I do something for you today? Mm -hmm. And what, ironically, once you get there, then he's like, I just want you to rest. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> like, no! Because he's always trying to get to this. He's trying to get to this. He's just layers yeah. after layers. Oh. He's always just peeling them back and peeling them back. And even right now, like, I know he's doing that. I know yeah. that. I, I know that he's just absolutely just peeling layer and layer and layer off. And, and you get softer and softer and maybe a little more scared and more scared. or You know, whatever's down in there, he never left you. He never forsook you. And he's the protector. He's the one. And you were supposed to be, for some of you, you know, just close your eyes. Some of you were supposed to be protected. You were. You, you, you know you were. You know that that was the time that you were supposed to be protected. And the ones that Jesus had stewarded to protect you didn't. And some of, most of those ones that didn't protect you weren't protected either. And it's God's mercy that he doesn't come and melt those ones, some, some of those. It's his mercy on them. And he's coming now to heal that. Why didn't it happen yesterday? Why didn't it happen last week? Why didn't it happen last year? It's irrelevant. He's doing it now. He's healing it now. Those layers, the deeper they go, he's there. He's there. You have an alive heart. He lives inside of it. He already sees all of it. Nothing's new to him. He sees it all, even the things you won't look at. He's in every single room of your heart. He's in every single layer. Wow. He's already there. And so what he's asking is, daughter, sister, bride, you're mine. Can I have it all? It's mine anyway. Can I just have it all? I'll take better care of it than you do, I promise. I'll take better <laughs> care of, of it than anybody ever did, your heart. Can I, can I just have it? I'll, 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 I'll always take care of you. It'll, it'll never be what it was ever again. Because it's now me and you. It's not you and them. <laughs> so Jesus, I I ask Lord that you would that you would do what you want to do. You know, he's, he said this to a friend of mine when she was saved. And I believe he's saying it now. It's totally amazing. But he's saying that I've been here your whole life. You're mine. And now's the time to give me everything. You're mine. 
and I want all of you. I want all of you. I want, I want the parts you think I wouldn't want. I want all of you. And don't worry, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll go through that. That's what, my, that's what my love and my grace is for. You never have to worry ever again about making the wrong move and I turn away. You never have to worry about that ever again. I'm here with you every moment forever. I will never turn away from you. If you ask me to, I'll take a step back, but I'm never going to be away from you. And so here's the time right now. It's just you and I. This is the time right now, this very moment. I've waited for this time, this moment. It's here now. It's time. So I want every single, now this is me again, okay, so I want every single one of you to stay where you are, where you are, this very sweet, beautiful spot. God is doing things and some people here, and what I want us to do is not talk. I want you to just stay where you're at internally, and I'm going to bring up communion, and um, this isn't the time to start talking to the person next to you and all this, this is not transitioning to social, this is staying exactly where we are being mindful of what God is speaking to you, being mindful of who he is, where he is, and what he's doing right now. So um, just hold on a second. I'm going to get those two things. You guys can come up and grab Without talking or whatever that is, you guys can just come up. don't have communion in your hand, please come and get it. Lord, we, um, <clears throat> right now we, we declare that you're our protector. Mm-hmm. You're our bridegroom. You pledge your life to us. We just accept it. We receive. 
body broken for us, your blood poured out for us. That was an engagement speech you gave the Last Supper. You betrothed yourself to us. say that we know that joy is our portion, we know that freedom is our portion, but above all, you are our portion. So just partake.
Lord, just continue. Just continue to woo us. Continue, Lord. Just do it. Just have every part. You're our guarantee. So you yourself be our guarantee.